0: Hello, and welcome to Overleaf Podcast with Stuart Williams. On this episode, you'll meet Angus McPherson, the creative director of Decisive Agents, a brand new AI journal published by InstaDeep. We'll discuss issue one, as well as Angus's journey up until now. Having previously worked at Little White Lies, he's no stranger to editorial design, as he also works across branding, motion design, and print on a daily basis, I hope you enjoy it. I'm currently looking for sponsors for the show. If you're interested, please reach out to On The Overleaf on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Some Overleaf news, we now have a brand new submission area on the website. So if you make, sell or run a magazine, get in touch. You could do so by visiting ontheoverleaf.com forward slash submit. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, Angus. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. How are you? Nice to meet you. And you. Could you, for the podcast, introduce yourself? Sure. Um,
1: yeah, I'm Angus, Mac- Angus McPherson, and um, I've got a graphic design background. Um, started at Little White Lies. Uh, I graduated in 2010 and started working at Little White Lies magazine. Um, So my kind of, my background's in publishing and print. And then um, we, I did that for three years. Then I worked for a bunch of clients kind of with the same agency, uh, like Google and Facebook and stuff. Um, And then I went freelance in 2016. I've been freelance from 2016 to a month ago, um, and adding string, I, I mean, it's always a bit cringe when you try and describe what you do. Um, <laughs> i probably say that I'm a jack of all trades and a master of some, or uh, I, yeah, do a lot of things, and hopefully some of them reasonably well. Um, but yeah, a lot of print, a lot of done animation and stuff, um, Mm. quite a bit of branding. Um, so, um, yeah, now I'm creative director at Decisive Agents, which is published by InstaDeep and InstaDeep, are a company that makes problem solving AI for, for enterprise but for big companies like um, Deutsche Bahn and uh, Google they're working with. So mm. they solve very technical problems. And I think what Decisive Agents doing, is doing is, is trying to um, communicate the potential and how, it, how interesting this technology is, and also tell it in a way that feels human and feels accessible, and feels, um, I guess, we didn't want to fall into the traps of dystopian AI um, scenarios that are, you know, quite big in people's mind when you talk about AI at the moment. And actually, there's a whole other story around AI that doesn't get a lot of airtime, but is equally exciting and maybe a bit less Pos- less, less scary and more positive so um yeah long answer to a short question but
0: well, it's it's great to meet you uh, fa- thanks you for too. Time. <laughs> um I guess there's a lot to unwrap there I- I'm gonna start with probably your journey into design if that's okay and how you how you sort of found print what led you into there yeah um
1: so there wasn't like web design was just this weird novelty that we did a mod we did like six weeks on for our degree or even less maybe four weeks we did web design and the rest was print or yeah the rest was designed for print and i think also at that time digital design just wasn't didn't have the status that it has now like if you wanted to do proper graphic design it it was on print it was it was on paper, um, so I always aspired to it, and um, then miraculously, I ended up at Little White Lies um, after I graduated by uh, getting um, Paul Willoughby saw my work at New Blood and um, got in touch, and um, I started from there. Uh, so I, I would I'd like to say there was a master plan but there never was I kind of <laughs> did graphic design because I failed pretty much everything else all my other A-levels um, and it's something that was interesting like I was more excited about than than any other option and um, it's all kind of unfolded in ways I never expected really yeah
0: what, where did you go to university? Was it York back at home?
1: Uh, Leeds, Leeds, yeah, Leeds Arts University.
0: And I guess, well, 12 years ago, but I guess looking back now, um, what, what would you have told your student self uh, now, you know, because now what you know is what you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question. Actually, I did, I did a talk, like an alumni talk at Leeds Uni, um, Leeds Arts University uh, at the beginning of 2021 and kind of had the chance to say all things that you know I wish I'd known. Um, but I think probably the main one is like, is that your career is never gonna be a linear progression sometimes you'll feel like you've done really well and things are really going your way and you're doing work you enjoy and people are, are kind of, um, you know, giving you compliments and, and pleased mm. about the work. And then sometimes you'll feel like a, a failure and, you know, some projects won't work out and you won't get the job you are hoping to get or whatever you know whatever happens and and it's like oh right I thought I thought I knew what I was doing but maybe not but um I I just I tell myself back then that like that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong that's just the way it that's just the way it works that's the nature of a career yeah um and uh I think that would be the main one yeah
0: yeah I feel like it's a bit like life in a way. There's always curveballs thrown yeah. in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You never nah. um things never work out as you 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 hope they would or you expect they would. And yeah. the kind of it's like um, I mean it's a bit cheesy. There's a there's a Churchill quote. I'm not a massive fan of Churchill, but he has got some good quotes. And uh, I always think of it when things aren't going very well. Um, and it, um, the key, the the success is the ability to move from failure to failure with undiminished enthusiasm. And I was like, yeah, Good one. pretty much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> been Not that I'm message.
1: intending to like fail constantly fail, but I think, so many things you, you you think are going to be the great big next thing that you're so excited about, and then it happens, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, that wasn't quite what I expected.
0: Yeah, it's thanks, Winston. A... <laughs> <laughs> but, then so, again, yeah. but then again, I guess you've got to go through these bumps and jumps to sort of get where you want to go, and I, I guess Little White Lies, of course, are still going and still going immensely strong. Um so wh- when did you work with them was it was it when you went freelance or just before
1: Yeah it was it was the first job I got out of uni um so wow. in 20, 2010 I was the junior designer with with them um which was I mean it was a wonderful way to start my career um and it was very much it was just me and willow so like there was just the two of us and um, we did. We got a couple more people further along, but um, in a way, like I guess there were good and bad points to it. It was amazing. Like I just did open ended creativity. Like it was just like I stayed at uni for another three years because the 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 sort of amount of freedom we had and the the scope of the projects was as wide open and as exciting as anything, any brief you could dream up for yourself at uni. Um, but I think also it was probably like once that
0: period was over and it was like, okay, no, you've got to work for clients now. Going out of there must've been, a, I guess a jump as well, because what what what, have, what sort of led from, from there to the, the next phase?
1: Essentially things, changed at um church of London who who are the publishers for Little White Lies and the design agency there was always there was two parts of the company there was the publishing house and the design agency and both were working at Church of London. Um, and us as the design agency went and um set up separately from the publishers, and we kept on making the magazine for a while, but kind of under a different name. We It was rebranded as Human After All. Um, we couldn't keep making the magazine indefinitely because it wasn't economically viable uh, in the way it was set up at that point. And so we stopped making it, but continued as Human After All, working on client projects. Um, I stayed there for another three years after after little white lies kind of was handed off okay and
0: um then after that i went freelance got you got you and that that brings us up to 2016 and i guess since then you've been doing a bit bit of all sorts but i guess most recently you've joined insta deep that's right
1: yeah How's, how's it been so far it's great yeah it's been really fun Um, it's only, it's a really small team. So it's just me and Darcy who are, who are kind of making the magazine and the website kind of doing everything. Yeah. And, um, which is, you know, has its pluses and minuses in that there's a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of, uh, kind of bandwidth required to do all those things uh, simultaneously. Um, then uh, equally amazing kind of the freedom to be working on a project with a budget and this much creative ambition um, and and not kind of layers and layers of bureaucracy. So um, yeah, it's 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 really exciting. It's good fun. I'm I'm still adjusting to being a full-timer and just Kind of pacing myself and working in a way that's sort of week in week out rather than like freelance style where you just go hard for a month or something and then take a few weeks off um but um I'm really enjoying it
0: that's great no that I mean how did it all kick off? How did you kind of find each other
1: so um darcy got in touch with me um we he worked at uh, tco london church london for a long time so that's how we met um probably back in 2013 our careers kind of you know cross paths every every year or two and we catch up um and then he got in touch uh it would have been sort of beginning of 2021 and said do you want to do a a mini mag for me I've got three day you can I've got three days budget um we need a logo a cover and some like templates and I was like sure that's tight but (laughs) I'll, I'll I'll give it a crack yeah and um so I did that it was a cool project. It seemed like, you know, I think we made something that looked nice and I thought probably never hear about that again. that's, that's <laughs> that. Um, and then he must've got in touch a few weeks later, maybe a month or two later and said, Oh, you know, that magazine that you worked on. Yeah. We, we want to make, make it maybe like 30 or 40 pages now. And we're going to make like a bigger yeah. proportions. So it's a proper magazine and, yeah. um, do you want to come on for a few more weeks to, to work on that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, great. Um, (laughs) I'm available at this time. Sounds good. Let's, let's do it. Um, and then I was working on that and it was like, okay, we're going to add another feature. We're going to add another story. Um, we've got this illustrator interested in being involved and it just grew and grew and grew to the point it took like six months to make probably more and became like a fully blown magazine with lots of contributors and and great illustration and photographers and stuff. And um, yeah. uh, so it was, yeah. So it kind of grew quite organically. I tried to finish this because we were going traveling in November last year we were leaving the uk for the plan was six months and um i wanted to get it all finished for that so i was kind of had a clear calendar yeah and um but it didn't and so then while we were away kept on working on it and then Darcy said you want to like come on full time and um and that's yeah the rest is history
0: <laughs> it's interesting though isn't it it's the people you meet I think along the way like you said they interlink and they keep coming back and making a difference yeah. I've had the same thing it's interesting that someone that I worked with in 2014 as as my boss returned again two year, you know two years ago as my boss right so, right it, Completely different companies, completely different scenario, because I'm now freelance. And so I, I really see the, the value in, in kind of connecting with people. And especially when you've got such an important project, I guess, to work on. This one seems unique in the way that it's, it's tailored towards a, a very specific audience, I think. Like you said, I think earlier it was around AI, a lot of the bigger subjects. Are kind of too much to handle, like futuristic. Maybe the big idea behind what it can achieve. Yeah. How yeah. did you How did you go about kind of? I wouldn't say curating it, but how did you go about working with the concept of AI in regards to print? Um,
1: I think. Well, uh, before I tell you that, I that's a really good point about. That was another thing I would have told my younger self is um like careers are long and you never know when you're gonna meet someone next. Like so never burn bridges, but like career careers a long kind of thing. You always you always uh yeah, in fact I don't know what the specific like I don't know how to sum it up better than that. But um yeah, yeah, I think that was nicely put. Um, and it, it really, it's down to Darcy how it's create, curated in terms of the content. Yeah. But what we've roughly done is, because InstaDeep has particular areas they're working in, like medicine, logistics, um, rail... Circuit boards like they have these specific areas of expertise. The first four or five issues are all going to be built around those areas within the company. And um, so the first one is medicine, and the next one's going to be logistics. Um, right. Which, yeah, it definitely makes it more digestible and more kind
0: of easier to engage with. This episode is sponsored by me, Stuart Williams, the host of Overleaf Podcast. That means it's not sponsored at all. I just want to tell you about a few things. I thought I'd take a moment to tell you about the Back Issue Club. Finding back issues are hard, especially if you're trying to find that number one of a magazine you've been looking for for years. So I think I found the solution. It's a brand new Facebook group for magazine collectors who would like to buy or sell back issues. As a collector myself, this would be a great opportunity to fill any gaps in the collection and even discover new publications for yourself. Simply visit Overleaf on Facebook to join the group today. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out via social media. You can get me on, on the Overleaf on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and Overleaf on TikTok. It'll be great to hear from you. Don't forget to also check out our blog. You can find it at ontheoverleaf.com. That's O N T H E O V E R L E A F.com. Just a reminder that Overleaf is fully independent. There's no company, big business, or any big publisher behind this. It's just me. If you'd like to donate, please go to the website and follow the donate button. It's run by Buy Me a Coffee. So for only £3, you can support a fully independent blog and podcast and it would make such a huge difference. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. And I think that that's um,
1: the angle we want to take on Decisive Agents is, is to kind of provide sort of a vision of the future.
0: Yeah. Because obviously issue one is out now and you said you've got, um, you know, four to five in, in the works. Uh, what kind? Of, what kind of time span is is that working towards? Is that one every year? Or is it? Or is it? once every. Um,
1: at this rate, it's going to be one every year.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because starting a magazine is, I guess, no easy feat. I, yeah, Let's kind of touch on that. Um, did any obviously Darcy et cetera? You, you both worked in magazines and both have an interest in magazines, but. Uh you know publishing one and everything, I guess you know kind of the ins and outs on the experience, but I guess having your your hands on it more so now, I guess you because you're a creative director, you've got more of a say maybe now than you did in the past how How do you feel like that w- that's been working can you what was your question what what's the question sorry in, in, in regards to because you're now a creative director and you've got more of a say now in regards to this is your baby you can you can do a lot with we could do anything at this point (laughs) um yeah I guess you had more control than you did a little white lies I'm guessing
1: much more yeah yeah
0: how does that impact your creative decisions now
1: that's a good question um I think it's it's a learning process and which I'm still figuring out yeah because i I've like I've creatively directed projects in the past and I've designed a lot of projects in the past um and in this role, I'm sort of jumping between being a designer and being creative like director and um and
0: yeah,
1: and should I be using twenty px type or twenty two px type yeah, when I'm also trying to think about the kind of uh, photo essay in the next issue that's going to be maybe like what do cardboard boxes look like in the future and how do the the robots recognize (laughs) them and maybe what are the the um, uh, particular uh, information we can put on them that will tell you more about the carbon footprint in the supply chain and stuff. And um, yeah, so I'm so to think about like something quite heady and abstract like that, and then also to make a clear decision about sort of the real nuts and bolts of of a website. Um, can can be quite uh, spreading yourself a bit thin, and yeah, it, we actually just today we handed off most of the website kind of responsive designs. Which yeah. I was doing to um, one of the designers at InstaDeep. and yeah. which sounds like a completely obvious thing to do, especially because they have the capacity to do it. Um, but because of like my, I guess because of the way I've always done things, where I'm kind of I'm often doing everything myself. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It. It took me like. Oh, you can give it to Ashraf, and like <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah, but I think it's just though, those that's sort of the difference between um, my old like being kind of the designer and and um, executing stuff, and then maybe more what I'm kind of responsible for now, which is trying to give the whole brand a, a identity and um, yeah, think about how creative ideas can, can come out of that and become part of the brand and part of the, the magazine and, and how do we tell stories in a creative way. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. It's kind uh, of like um, how to feed it in across pretty much all the touch points.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess it's kind of a it's a big task, of course, it's, and it's also, I guess, um, ambitious because you sort of have to get it not right, but you have to get it, you know, offer a certain tone because people have to buy it and be engaged in the content enough to buy the yeah. issue. And I can imagine it being a, a big job that requires a great team. And ha- how's the team there? You have, I think, Kareem is the CEO. Was that right?
1: That's right um so it's basically insta deep is 200 or 300 people um at the moment and it's growing really quickly um and if you look on their twitter i think at the beginning of this year they got a 100 million dollars of venture capital investment and um So they're, they're scaling, you know, in the, the sort of uh, uh, language of, of uh, business, like they're, they're time. going big, fast. And um, so in that sense, like, I don't know that many people there because I've been working remotely and my, my main um, sort of point person is Darcy, who's the editor yeah. of um, Decisive Agents. Um, and you're right, Kareem's the CEO. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a bio team, a printed circuit boards team, a rail team, a logistics yeah. team, who are all like mega boffins with degrees in computer science and physics. <laughs> and yeah. they doing stuff that I, you know, can't get my head around. I'm the same. And I'm the same. Then there's, all, then there's probably about 10 people on the design team um mostly in lagos and tunis because it's an african right. company the two founders are both from tunisia and they have we've got offices in tunis lagos cape town and yeah. then paris london boston berlin san francisco so oh, everywhere it's, it's, a, it's a big operation <laughs> it's a big operation but and... it's a
0: small mag though. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. It... I I guess go uh, go going back to the size of it. Well you said it was a mini mag to begin with, but then it became this, you know, that... more more of a palatable size. I don't know how to describe it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's so yeah, it started as a mini mag and it was gonna be like A5 and Yeah. Um, Saddle-stitched, you know, kind of nice. really, you know, not not like a newsstand magazine, like a, a promotional yeah. booklet, basically. And yeah. um, we, as kind of ideas from within the company poured into Darcy and lots of people wanted to be involved and like had things they wanted to contribute. Yeah. Um, You know, the ambition of it just went up and up. And we had this long conversation with the printers about the size of the magazine and the printers was printer was like, "Um, you know, you should just print it a five because that's the most economical way to do it. Yeah. And of course they'd print, say that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to like, if you want to print it this size, you know, it's going to cost you X yeah. amount more for the same number of copies. Um. But we were really adamant that it was a newsstand magazine. And if it was going to, if we printed it A5, it wouldn't be put in the same category as Monocle or Wired or um, New Scientist or, you know, any other magazine that we kind of want to be seen in the same space as. Um, So we, we kind of really pushed for it being the scale it is. And I mean, I think it really paid off in terms of it, Um, you know, just a feeling like there's the information in there feels like this is a magazine, this is credible. I I was gonna ask you a question. Um, Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think one of your other guests might've asked you this. But um, how come you decided to start Overleaf and uh, um, and do a podcast?
0: Um, you'd think it would be better in a printed form, wouldn't you, because of the material, but if, I know, that's well, dream. I, <laughs> I love listening to podcasts, so,
1: I mean, I can see why you do it.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it, it all stems back from, um, I guess, childhood. It's it's going to the newsstand in W H Smith. Growing up, really, um. Well, every I, sh- I should go back even further. When I first went to London in the early two thousands, I went to Virgin Megastore, and they had you know a, you know Piccadilly Circus, and they had magazines from international places, you know international titles, mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought you know I, that's where I discovered N- NME, um. <laughs> of course, that was like 2000, 2001. 2002 and from then onwards i collected nme um and then i became a hoarder right right <laughs> so uh from then on it was like computer arts because then i've always been interested in the digital arts and you know becoming yeah. an artist of some sort um a bit like yourself um graphic design background studied in graphic design so the print print thing followed me um and like you said earlier, around the six weeks for web, I think we we're we're really lucky to get four weeks, and that was in two thousand and fourteen. Right, right. It's yeah. mad. It's so, mad.
1: It is madness, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I feel like I I would love to have the opportunity to go back to my university and talk about obviously not not the faults in the curriculum, but uh, the value of where the state of affairs are lying at the moment. Yeah, yeah
1: you know, with both um, mediums. I, I um, did some tutorials with some of the students who are at Leeds, who were at Leeds like last year. And yeah. it was amazing how many of them were still like, I want to design for print. I want to be a, a book designer. I want to design magazines. Yeah. And I was like, good for them, you know, like if that's what they really want to do, they'll make it happen. But part of me was like, you know, things move on a screen. Like yeah. you can change their colour in real time. You can do anything you want on the screen. Like, yeah. That is there's maybe more, more opportunities there for like doing exciting design. Who yeah, you know, like not that there's any, not that, that there's anything less about print, but I think um the opportunities with digital yeah it's just like you know they just grow and grow and I think universities need to see that potential and, and make students excited about it in a way maybe I didn't see when I was talking to the the students there but that, that's the thing you I did, I did and I didn't some of them obviously were <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> well yeah that's that's the thing that's the thing it's, it's what you read out of, read out of a conversation it's what you take isn't it away and it's the outside learning and the outside exploration, I think. Um, Yeah. You you know, the print world, for example, um, I should explain why I started this. Uh, It's obviously because of the passion, but then living in London, you're surrounded by a lot of obviously print, you know, print magazine places like the, you know, the Wardour Street uh, magazine shop that closed down in 2018 went there pretty much every week and obviously mag culture and must give a shout out to them because I was I'm still a customer of theirs but it, it, it's a case of obviously you know they'll <laughs> spoke to them recently yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think what they're doing is wonderful and I, that inspired me to to do something because I don't think anyone is highlighting the wonderful print that's coming out in these modern times people are maybe yeah. do you know what I mean referring back to maybe you know, Vogue covers from 1960s or, you know, Bounty yeah, yeah. Fair's and The Time and Life magazine. And it's like, yeah, but there's people doing really interesting things right now. And I think that I want to talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good for you. I think that's a, um, I think you might be onto something.
0: <laughs> well, you <you'd> hope so. <laughs> Just having the, you know what I mean? Like the timing and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think
1: when um, I started at Little White Lies, the whole indie publishing thing was really new. The idea you could publish a magazine with four people and a laptop. Yeah. And, um, you know, a tiny budget. I mean, zine culture is is obviously around forever, you know, around for much longer, but yeah. Um, I guess because magazines used to be such big business and they were really like the decline, everyone saw that the t- decline was terminal when I started at Little White Lies. And so indie magazines became this thing that all the hopes of the industry were pinned on. Yes. And it was like, is this going to work? Is this sustainable? Is it, is it going to last? And no one really knew at that point point.
0: Mm-hmm. and now it's
1: like no this is a thing this is like my culture and um actually there's a there's a print store there's a, a store called print culture that's just open, about to open in glasgow and um yeah yeah it's sort of it's amazing maybe it's not amazing but i think it's it's really inspiring that that's become such a like that that's a business model that's
0: totally like sustainable and exciting in a place of real creative you were directly into in the pit of it all which is why it's super interesting to chat with you I think it's like a different perspective and you see the ins and outs of what it actually takes to get it onto a newsstand you know I, I would say that you know anyone can do this but I I don't want to say that because I might, I don't know, you know, to me that you said, you know, with this laptop, you have an idea in the laptop, you can do anything. And a printer on the phone. Is it as easy as that? Uh,
1: Yeah. In a word. Oh, game on. I think think what you need, what, what uh, you need in addition to it is like, is a burning desire to make it happen because going to be a slog and you're probably not going to get paid much for a while yeah um but if if you really believe in it and you think it's an idea that the world needs to see then anyone can do it of
0: course they can it's nice hearing that to be honest because it 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 is daunting the world of self-publishing to me it, it it felt daunting it still feels daunting even though i have Family members that's publishing poetry, and I'm like, How are you publishing poetry? What, how are you getting the ISBN? How, what's your distribution model? What is distribution? <laughs> and then, you know, and this is why this project exists as well is to, I guess, improve my understanding and other people's i guess understanding who may be in the same boat of uh, what are these channels and what you have to go down. To yeah, make happen,
1: you know, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the ISDN numbers. Really easy to get. Long <laughs> oh. running one. I mean, Little White Lies. I think what they did at the beginning was was trailblazing, and yeah, kind of um much imitated and so, sort of. I think showed a lot of people what was possible. You know, like we were. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you anything about the circulation figures. But um, I know when I was there, you know, we had really kind of significant contracts with Grolsch and um, I'm trying to think of the other brands that we were working with to put on screenings and get in, you know, big name stars to do talks before it. Yeah. And um, you were, we had Edgar Wright and... Wow. I don't know if my... <laughs> It definitely, We had Edgar Wright give a talk before a screening of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And, you know, it's like we're punching way above our weight, basically. <laughs> it just showed you what could be done with, with creativity and, you know, amazing creative direction and illustration and a lot of passion and a lot of, like, genuine enthusiasm. And I think yeah. it probably... Put the fire up like empires ass to show them. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah. this is you are kind of spending huge budgets, and yet we're getting the eyeballs, and um, so, and I think they're still doing it now. You know, and they're totally still picked. doing an amazing job of kind of, um, yeah just telling a different, giving a different angle on film and, um, uh, yeah, just talking about it in a really exciting way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess with that, like you said, they're quite trailblazing, and I I think that mostly is down to, of course, that ambition, but then you've got the illustrations, which is just taking over the features in a way, they're becoming more larger than life, Yeah, yeah. I just think that, um, you know, it it kind of brings to life maybe the stories they want to tell. Mm -hmm. Is that that kind of what you wanted to do in this? Because I noticed there was obviously the continuity within some of the pieces. You've got like the Lego piece, which is kind of interesting with the blocks floating around. And how how was it approaching, um, well, the visuals and work of the illustrators for each piece?
1: Um, So I want to say that we had a kind of master plan going into the first issue. Uh, (laughs) We didn't because it grew so organically from being something that was quite small in its ambition to being something that was much bigger. Um, I think we always really liked Mobius Comics, um, who... Uh, French French illustrator, comic book writer. Yeah. Uh, who, I, you, I, you're, I'm sure you're aware of him. Um but he's it's kind of very um yeah I know really beautifully like beautiful, beautifully aesthetic and kind of has a real design sensibility in a way that like Marvel maybe doesn't. And yeah. um so I think that was kind of a love of that was a big inspiration for it. And, and that is that world building and kind of creating a vision of the future is um, yeah. a big part of what we do.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned the website has been handed off. But When do you think it will be live? Is it this year? Yeah hopefully
1: uh hopefully in the next uh month or so um oh, right. we'll have we'll have the website yeah um and uh page yeah um, which um yeah but i think that's that's really exciting to just start thinking about how the the stories work across digital and print and um, how we promote them, and yeah, you know what a decisive agents profile is on Twitter and on Instagram and LinkedIn, and um yeah, all all, all of that stuff. That I suppose a magazine. I mean, magazine doesn't have to be that,
0: but lots of magazines. Right? Random- One thing maybe, uh, yeah. but it depends. It depends on. I guess the the concept
1: yeah yeah and I think some magazines that's their whole purpose is to just live as this kind of self-contained entity that is passed around and is like a bit of a secret yeah or it's or it's like a really beautiful high-end uh expression of the brand or you know it depends what your, your motivation is. But for us, it's like, well, we've got all this content that's really interesting content, and we've printed 5,000 magazines. That means, you know, if we're lucky, a couple of people will this online for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, because it, it could reach such a, such a broader audience, I think. Where can we find you and the magazine in terms of... Um, Wanted to follow anything along or by. Yeah,
1: so uh, you've retweeted. We've got us on Instagram, I think. Um, So follow us on Instagram. Um, You'll be able to follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter page. It doesn't come up if you Google Decisive Agents Twitter at this point. But it it should do. Hopefully, by the time this podcast goes up, um, we'll have the website live and um, content kind of going up more regularly. Uh, so Twitter, you know, all the usual places, basically, um, Instagram, Twitter, well, uh, uh, Mag Culture again, for issue two, and hopefully a few more stores um, around the UK and maybe further afield to be confirmed.
0: So if you want to buy issue one, how would you get it now? Is it completely sold out?
1: uh no we've got we have got issues um you may they may still have a few at my culture Uh, i know we sent them another batch but essentially the best way to do it is probably to email me Darcy or uh, slide into the dms and we can probably sort you out one but they're not they're not very officially widely distributed i mean they're they're all the AI conferences and stuff. So oh, that's yeah. a jam, <laughs> you might, <laughs> might be able to track us down at an AI conference.
0: That'll be really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you been to one yet yourself?
1: No, I haven't. No, there was a, a huge one in Tunis uh, yeah. that Darcy was at a couple of weeks ago called um, Tech Indaba, I think. Yeah. Uh, one of the Indaba ones. And there was also a hackathon in Tunis that was um in a stadium and okay. a, a kind of a big big event uh, which you can yeah. you can see lots of pictures of it of on, on the instadeep Instagram I mean in um Twitter yeah uh, to get an idea of it because it was this it really big like Afri- one of Africa's biggest tech events ever
0: Wow. yeah it's it's growing from what I've heard over there, like Cape Town is the hub. I've yeah,
1: yeah, that's so right.
0: So many startups. It's, it's great what people are doing.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, um, it's so exciting to be part of it as well, because I think it often doesn't make it to the UK what's happening over there. Um, but there's just so much exciting stuff and creativity going on um, in places like Tunis.
0: Yeah, definitely to tune into that. But thank you very much for your time before we run out of time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. It's been fun.
0: Thank you, Angus, for joining me on this episode. This year sees the release of Decisive Agents Issue 2, so be sure to check that out. You can find the latest updates for Decisive Agents on their Twitter and Instagram, at Decisive Agents, that's D-E-C-I-S-I-V-E-A-G-E-N-T-S. On the next episode of Overleaf Podcast, we'll meet Jess Lane Pascal, the owner of the Little Black Gallery. Just Lane is the owner and publisher of two queer photography titles, including Boys, Boys, Boys and Girls, Girls, Girls. We'll discuss Boys, Boys, Boys issue 5, as well as the brand new booklets out this year. I can't wait for you to hear it, so make sure to subscribe, hit that subscribe button on wherever you listen to the podcast, and let me know your feedback, you can find me at OnTheOverleaf, so that's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, OnTheOverleaf, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can also visit our website at OnTheOverleaf.com, that's O-N-T-H-E-O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Overleaf Podcast. See you next time! A big thank you to the creator of the music for the show, Valtteri Keskitala.